again, we're on Sunday mornings, we're looking at the Ten Commandments. The world needs to know who he is really and clearly. Even just the mere mention of his name should be awesome. Right. And so that's what this is about, is honoring God's name. And, it, and part of honoring his name is not just phonetic sounding. It's no, it triggers a reputation and a thought in people's mind. So we want to honor the Lord's name today and learn about that. So follow me again, Exodus chapter 20, the beginning of the Ten Commandments. God prefaces... It's prefaced with a very, very important statement. The whole thing is, is, is built on the, the second verse here when the Lord says in Exodus 20, here's the foundation of all these commandments. The foundation is, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. God says, hey, we're related. You're mine. I bought you. I love you. You're not one of my inmates. You're not just one of my citizens. You're not just some person I know. I bought you. It's, he's saying, I love you, and I took time to take care of you. And he's not speaking in terms of a national term. He's speaking in individual terms, thy God. Now, on that basis, here's my commands, and here's the third one, verse 7. God tells us, too. It's, not, it's still relevant today. Thou shalt, verse 7, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Let's read verse 7 together. Begin. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And taking the taking of God's name is, is um, it's not just one thing. Well, that means you just better not cuss. Or, no, it means you better not cuss with God's name in it. Yeah, that's part of it. But it's, it's bigger than that. It's even into our lifestyle. Let's look at some other scriptures, and then we're going <clears> to <throat> break this down a little bit more. Go to, hold your place, and then go to, um, <coughs> excuse me, just go to Psalm 34. We'll look at a few psalms here. Psalm 34. Um, Jonathan, if you could just get to that Bible verse, verse 7, that's all I need. I don't need any pictures. Just bring it up to the Bible verse. Psalm 34, look at verse 1, 2, 3. Psalm 34, verse 1, 2, 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Huh. You ever have people that are always playing music? There's always music playing, you know? One of the ladies that cleans here, she comes, there's always music playing. She's playing music like constantly, and that's good. David says, I'm going to be like that. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall, I might not have an iPad or anything, but his praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
Look at verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, not in himself, not in somebody else. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The Lord means something to him, doesn't he? The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then look at verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt and let us exalt His name together. People and liberals and the godless in our society want to shrink the Lord. But the psalmist says, magnify Him and make His name a big deal. About the only thing that people are magnifying in, of God's name in our society is blasphemy in our, in our entertainment. That's about the most magnifications get. But we, we need to be like David. You know, I want to bless the Lord. My soul shall boast in Him. Even the humble will encourage the humble person. I want to magnify the Lord, you know. And you know those little slide things we used to use and you had to hold them up to the light and you put it in the machine and it goes like that. That's how we need to be with the Lord. It's some people, he's just something small down there and intricate. We're like, we need to be that projector, whatever it was called, that, you know, enlarges him. And part of that's the use of his name. Go to Psalm 111. Psalm 111. Psalm 111, look at 9 and 10. Psalm 111, the last two verses of the chapter. Uh, The Lord, he's telling about what he's done. He sent redemption unto his people. That means he rescues them. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. The Lord is the one who's reverend truly. And his name is to be revered and his name is holy. It's special. Remember, Jesus said that. He said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. It means it's special. Verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Now let's look in the uh, two chapters over. Look at chapter 113. I love this. I love these three verses. I like this whole nine-verse chapter here, but look at the first three verses. Psalm 113, look at 1, 2, and 3. Psalm 113, 1, 2, and 3. And again, our theme is God's name. Notice what he says. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun. Unto the going down of the same, the Lord's, the Lord's name is to be praised. His name, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, all caps, that's His personal name, Yehovah. It's declaring He's the eternal God, the uncreated first cause of all causes, and the one, the everlasting one. And when we say that name, it's to be praised. And another name for God or title is Lord, just like capital L, lowercase O-R-D, that means he's the master, he's the king of all the kings and the lord of all the lords. God also goes by another name, God, we say. Sign of a title of the God means mighty one. It has the idea of our faithful creator, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, Elohim, God created. And then we know God as Father, Jesus said, you can say our Father. Now, we can't say it in truth if we don't know Him as our Savior. You can say Father. And then God the Son is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, of all personal names in the world, He is singled out as the one attached to a curse word. 
And that, that, that to me, I see, I'm like, I'm not the kind of guy always looking for conspiracies. I'm really not. We, how many of us preface, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, I'll say that, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that one is. I think Satan wants to work Jesus' name into prefixes or postfix on terms of cursing. And I, I believe in that conspiracy. He wants to diminish our view of him. Here we are. Anyways, God's name, the Lord Jesus Christ, God our Father, the Lord, Yahweh, Yehovah. We need to honor His name. There's, um, so to ask yourself this question, do I honor? Do I honor the Lord's name? Let's go back to Exodus 20. As you're going back there, remember some of us, we had two church fans for a while. We had the uh, what was that, 2005 Chevy, and then we just got this 2011 Ford. The reason we got it, we're trying to get actually something newer, but it actually only had like 49,000 miles on it when we bought it, and it was a pretty good deal, and we were able to negotiate the price. So we're happy with this van, church van, um, although the gas thing's been a problem, <laughs> the gas prices. But um, anyways, the other van we sold, we sold to a guy, and, you know, Long story short, the van was in decent condition, had a lot of miles on it, and so just so you understand me, I'm a car guy. I'm not like a professional mechanic, but I'm a, in general a car guy, and I know the stuff about them. I was like, when I sell this van, I, I, there's a part of me like, I want to sell it to a guy who knows cars, because you feel bad when you sell it to somebody that's a little ignorant, even if you tell them everything about it. Like, hey, this is a good car, but it, it, then the transmission is going to need to be this or that. And, and then they, okay, okay, and they buy it and then they have problems. They're like, they don't get it, you know. Well, I was glad because the guy that bought it from us, um, I, I listed it, I put it on Marketplace on a Saturday, and within four hours it was sold. Uh, Facebook Marketplace on a Saturday afternoon. And the guy that bought it was... Uh, <laughs> He's a mechanic, and, and he's, he run, he's running a shop here in Gilbert. But um, his main thing you can tell that he likes is uh, racing. He races, and he does some kind of oval or circle track. I don't know what it is, but he races like Audis, some kind of Audi trick car, doing some racing. And the name of his racing is Mullet Racing. And would you know it? When he shows up, he's got the mullet. He likes that mullet, man. You know, business in the front. What do they say? Business in the front, party in the back or something? I don't know what they say. He's got that mullet, man. He came on. He's like, hey, how's it going? You know, he's <laughs> and so, and so he was a nice guy. We, everything went well doing business with him. And I was, I was happy. I'm like, oh, cool. This guy, not, he, knows, he knows cars. And he's running a shop. So I'm like, hey, man. Here's this. I, ne I told him all the technical things from the few of the shops that we had dealt with. And, and, he, and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I knew he'd get my language. He knew, I knew it. So then he test drove it. And I was like, this will be good. So if he doesn't take it, it means he it won't help him. If he does take it, that means he knows what he's going to do. He knows what he's going to have to tweak and fix or whatever. So we negotiated a price, and he bought it, and I was happy. And so that was good. But mullet racing. So he pulled, when he came back, when he came here, he came here actually in... Uh, an Audi, one of his cars, and I'm assuming it's one of his race cars, because I said, so I said, you racer? He goes, yeah, it's kind of like a lot of these racer guys, it's like they're a racer and they have to work, you know. 
It's like, that's what I'd rather be doing. So yeah, 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 but I got to work at the shop and I'm running the shop. Okay. So I said, wow, that's cool. He goes, yeah, I got sponsors and he's sponsored by this and that. And I see all the stickers on the, you know, on the car. I see at the bottom, they usually keep them lower. And it's this brand and that brand and these uh, injectors and that thing and that thing and these, all these cool stickers that make it look like, yeah, and he's not faking it. You know, there's guys that, these little rice burners, they get on the, and they try to put stickers on there that make you think that they're sponsored, but they're not. <laughs> this guy was sponsored. And so he had the stickers down there. Oh, that's pretty neat. He goes, yeah, we got sponsors. And he said, the type of racing I do is not very common for Audis, for driving an Audi. So he goes, I'm starting to get a little more attention because there's not a lot of people doing what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. But I started thinking about what he is and what he represents, having that car with those names on it. They, somebody, some company says, this guy is worthy of our identification. And we're going to put our identification on him. And he's going to drive around town with that name and that name and that name and whoever else. And if he is <laughs> racing poorly, eventually they'll cease their contract or their agreement with him. You know? Now, God... For us, we have his name on us as Christians. In our case, if we behave poorly, he's, he's in. He he's keeps us. But we do him a disservice by behaving and speaking poorly. God's name's on us. He sponsors us for eternity. You know, you may not think you're a race car, but he's put your na his name on you. And you verbalize that. So let's just think about this verse right here today. The, our, our whole point, our whole thrust is to just encourage us to... Take his name with honor. That's the whole drive. Whatever we can do to, to, to encourage ourselves today, to inspire ourselves today, to take God's name with honor, not with vain. That's the central idea of the text here. So three things, three observations I see from just thinking about only verse 7. We'll compare it with other scriptures. But think about it. There's three observations. I'll tell you what they are. As we look at verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Here's our three observations we'll walk through. Um, number one, his name can be taken. All right? It, there's a language there. Number two, we have a choice in how we take it. And number three, we could be culpable in how we're taking it. Those three thoughts there. Number one, his name can be taken. As we already mentioned, thou shalt not take the name. Well, that means I can take it. I can take it in the sense of, in the sense of holding it out and speaking it and living with God's name on my lips and I, having God's name identified with my lifestyle choices, having God's name come out of my mouth. I'm taking his name. A bride takes a name, right? Uh, pretty good way of doing it still, you know. They get married. I mean, there's some exceptions. I'm going to keep my name because I'm so popular, whatever. Most of them, they take the name of their husband. My wife took my name. She was Deborah Ann Roy. Now she's Deborah Ann Henry. And she's taken my name, and she's done my name honor. A bride takes a name when she's married. Israel. We've talked about this, but let's remind ourselves, because these are the first original recipients of this text. God speaking to each individual Israelite, Hebrew, you, each one of you, don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That is, each Israelite could walk away from the Mount Sinai and say, yeah, I'm an Israelite. I'm part of Israel. You know what they'd be saying? I'm a, 
I'm one identified with God. Israel means a prince who wins with God. What, is, what does America mean? I don't know, something. What does United States mean? Oh, it means United States. But when you say, I'm an Israelite, you're, God's right in your national identity. Israel, El is Elohim. It's the Hebrew name for God. I am one of the nationalities who declare that we win with God, the true God. And so they really had, they took God's name. A bride takes God's name. We do quickly three ways we take God's name at salvation. When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're named. The whole family of, in heaven and earth is named and identified under the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called Christians. We should act like it. We take God's name at salvation. And the Bible says, as many as received Him, received Jesus, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So I'm identified as one of God's kids, I'm one of God's children. God is my Father. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath given us, that we should be called what? The sons of God. <laughs> We're called the sons of God. You're sons and daughters of the Lord. Now, each one of us are sons and daughters of a, a biological parent, parents as well. And what do those biological parents sometimes do? Hey, behave. That's not how the Henrys act. The Henrys do this. And we, we want to keep our name attached to good behavior and our name distinguished from bad behavior through our kids, don't we? That's what God's saying. I'm identified with Him, so wow, I'm, I'm called the Son of God, one of God's sons. You're one of God's daughters, ladies. Yeah, so we've taken it at salvation. We can take His name in our speech, as I've mentioned. Take it in speech. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, and we'll look at this probably a little later, 2.19, Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, depart from iniquity. So we can name His name and say, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You know? And by the way, this is what we should say. Are you Baptist? Yeah, I'm a Baptist, but I'm first a Christian. I'm trying to use the original titles here. I am identified with Jesus Christ. In my, I'm in the, you know, the historically, the Baptist movement and all that. So we, had, we take on His name in salvation, in our speech, in our style of living. And we'll look at that probably a little bit. You know, our lifestyle says something about God's name. Are you a Christian? Yeah. You live in a Christian lifestyle? Yeah. Is, that in, is it proved to be in vain what you're saying? Did you know there's some scriptures that, uh, let's see, Titus chapter 2, there's a couple of the passages that talks about Paul was, you know, telling, teaching ladies and teaching servants to different things. And, and, and he says, ladies, uh, I'm paraphrasing, um, you know, the, the, the older women should teach younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet keepers at home, um, you know, good, I'm paraphrasing, doing good things and obedient to their own husbands that the name of, that the, I'm paraphrasing, the testimony of the Lord, it shouldn't be blasphemed. It's basically saying, you know, be in good behavior, be a family woman and help out your husband, take love them, take care of the kids. Because otherwise, it actually gives people a distaste for God's name. Uh, that the name of the Lord and His doctrine be not blasphemy. And then it says the same thing, and I think it's in, it's in 1 Timothy about the lifestyle of a Christian employee or servant. Um, 1 Timothy, I'll just read it. 1 Timothy 6, 1. Let as many servants, you're a servant, you're an employee. Let as many servants as are under the yoke, you're bond to a 
uh, an employer, count their own masters worthy of all honor. Why? That the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. If I'm a lousy employee and I still call myself a Christian, that unbelieving boss is going to be like, and he will, he's likely to utter something blasphemous about God because of your billboard. And so our lifestyle, so I want to have, I want to do, I want to honor God's name and honor His reputation. I want to work in such a way as even if somebody doesn't get saved, they're like, there's something to his God. <laughs> I want to honor that. So his name can be taken. I remember there was a guy, I, I'm trying to, I don't remember how long ago this was, but maybe 10, 15 years ago in Arizona politics, there was a guy um, who was running for some of the local, one of the local office, maybe it's a local uh, rep or local legislative seat. I can't remember what office, but it was one of the in-state ones, not Congress and U.S. Senate. And I was told, I have to clarify this, but I remember listening on the radio and I heard this once or twice, the guy changed his name, at least his last name. He changed his last name because he was trying to, he's trying to give people the vibe of another well-loved state politician. So the guy running, this guy trying to run, that was I think probably for the first time, he called him, his name was Richard Kyle. And the reason is, 10, 15 years ago, our Senator John Kyle's now retired. I don't think he's died, but he's, he was the junior Senator to McCain. Everybody, he was good reputation, John Kyle did. And he's done our state well, and even in the United States Senate, and he was even considered uh, on a short list for VPs in the last few Republicans. I like John Kyle. And so this guy running, <laughs> I was told that he changed his last name just to try to get himself out there. Hey, I'm going to ride on the coattails of this name. Right? You see people do that, don't you? I see people try to throw out the Kennedy thing. It doesn't work with me, but they try to throw out the Kennedy thing. And people try to throw out the Reagan. If there's somebody that might happen to maybe have a Reagan in their name, put it out there. Just get it out there, you know? And so people want to ride on the coattails of a good name. And we have a good name. I, I am, I'm called one of the child, I'm one of the kids of the God who created everything. And, I, and it's not just one of his creatures I'm one of his kids. Everything's his creature, but I'm one of his kids, and I'm identified with him, and his son, Lord Jesus Christ, saved me, and he's my savior, and he's going to be my king. So um, we all, his name can be taken. How do we take it? Number two, we have a choice in how we take it. We have a choice in how we take it. So look what it says. The way it's worded, it's very simple. Thou, you individually, shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So it's saying it in such a way as like, you have a choice in, in how, you, how you speak this and how you profess your lifestyle and attach my name to it and how you go about You have a choice. So you will not do it in a way where it just becomes futile that my name's attached to you. And it becomes a waste that my name's attached to you. And it becomes uh, dishonor. Don't do it in a vain way. So we have a choice. So let's talk about the choice here. All right, so we're mo pretty much every, I think most of us professed Christ in here tonight, today. So I could take his name in vain, in a wasteful way, or I could take his name in veneration, in an honorable way. Let's think about those two thoughts, all right? I can take his name in veneration in an honorable way. 
All right, let's think about honorable ways to, to take God's name. Well, when I get saved and I tell somebody about it, that, that, that is an honorable way of taking his name. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me. He heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the miry pit, set my, miry pit, set my feet on the solid ground. He put a new song in my heart. Praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. He's using, he's saying, God did this for me. God saved me. God pulled me out of my rut and my muck. And I just want to tell you about it. I'm going to sing about it. And people are going to be blessed by that. We need to use his name in our salvation, that's a kind of a probably an earthly type salvation, but even in just being saved, being a Christian, I called upon the name of the Lord and I'm saved. We can honor His name by being saved and saying it. We can honor His name by prayer. It's amazing, John 14, 13, John 16, Jesus, Jesus taught, we always pray in Jesus' name, right? Jesus said that to His disciples. He says, you know, um, you need to pray in my name that, that your joy might be full and that the Father might be glorified in the Son. Up to this point, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask in my name and you shall receive that your joy may be full, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. I'm paraphrasing to you the verses in John 14, 15, 16 where Jesus started that thing of saying pray in my name. When we pray in his name, we ask in his name and we receive in his name, we say, Jesus gave that to me. I have favor with God. God blessed me because, because, not because I'm some special person, but because Jesus has given me favor in God's sight. Isn't that true about prayer? Think about that for a second. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you go to prayer? This is, I've been this plenty of times. Like, God, I just want to ask you for this or that. And, and I start thinking, man, I'm, been, I'm just, I, if I were God, I wouldn't. I don't deserve what I'm asking. But make the appeal. In Jesus' name. And when I mean it, I'm like, because of He's all His love, because of the favor you've given me, because of the grace you've given me through Him, He's made me worthy. He's made me acceptable for Jesus' sake. Would you have mercy on Would you give me this grace? Would you rescue me out of this crux or whatever? We pray in Jesus' name. So that, that's an honorable way of honoring His name in salvation, in prayer, and by godly living. I already mentioned 2 Timothy 2.19. If I, as I'm living in a godly way, not as a self-righteous Pharisee, I don't mean that, but I live in a godly way, it brings honor to His name because it says, Paul says to this, okay, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ. Do we name Christ's name? How many of you called yourself a Christian ever? Ever. Raise your hand. If you've ever, ever called yourself a Christian, come on, wake up, raise your hand. I don't care if you didn't put on deodorant. All right. All right, you've put on, all right, you've... Uh, uh, you've uh, called yourself a Christian. All right, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's an interesting thought. The idea, I can name the name of Christ and stay just kind of mucked in it. But he says, no, do that. No, everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's not you. That's not you. I like how when God brought him out, he says, I'm the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of Egypt. And he's basically showing them, I want you to live like it too. And it look like you're living like you're not in Egypt. And that's how God is for all of us today. And that's how we need to have the attitude. And modern day Christianity wants it to look like we should still, you know, live in the world and act like it's smell like. But anyways, so how can I honor God's name? I can honor God's name by departing from the sin he saved me from. And I know there's 
process and struggles of different times. I understand that. But even at least having the attitude and the mentality that I'm not meant to be stuck in sin. I'm not meant to be, have a besetting sin. I, that's not me. I'm meant to be free because I've named the name of Christ. And what is Jesus? Savior. He can save my soul. Then he can save me in my life and help me now too. That will honor his name. See, this is the thing. We live holy for His sake, not to be a better polished Baptist. For His sake. That's why. He deserves it. And so that's how I want to honor His name. And, and I know that if that's what you're doing, if that's your mentality, you're doing the right thing. If you pray and that's your mentality, you're honoring His name. If you've been saved and you tell somebody, you're honoring His name in, in a certain way. So in veneration, I have a choice in how I take his name. I can take it in a venerable way in how I express myself ver verbally and uh, practically. But also, I have a choice in that I may take it in a feudal, vain way. Let, let me, I'm going to quickly, and you can write this, some of this down. I'm not going to try to dive into every text for the sake of time. So if you follow this theme here, if you do a little Bible study of vain even just looking up the words and discerning vain, God's name in vain, and just kind of studying it, there's at least six ways it can be taken in vain. And I'm, I think, I know there's more, but I'm just going to highlight. Leviticus 18, 20 to 21 says, just living an immoral lifestyle is profaning his name. Leviticus 19, 11 to 12, dishonesty profanes his name. It's taking his name in vain. If you promise and you don't follow through, you, you're dishonest or you steal and, you're di and you don't, um, you're not a square dealer. He says, you're profaning my name. You're calling, I've dealt with people that said they were, <laughs> I've dealt with people, I've done side jobs one time, couple, so I worked for my dad, but sometimes I would do side jobs, and there's been a few times where I did a side job. There's been two people, I've done a handful of it, and nobody in here, so don't worry. But there's been two people that come to my mind who, one of them, I don't even think paid me all the way. Um, and the other one, I had to hound them. And I didn't have to do that with anybody else that I've had side jobs with. The ones that I really had two problems with were professing Christians in this type of a church. It's like, dude, you go to somebody's business, don't tell them you're a Christian if you're going to act like that. I mean it. And by the way, if you do business with somebody, don't start using, like if you're dealing with another Christian, just, you know, uh, be honest with them and don't even expect a break. Just be like, hey, what, if, I, if you're going to sell me something, if you're going to service or something, just say, treat me like anybody else. And, um, and to be honest, but, but I'm just, my thing is I dealt with the guys, I'm like, man, that was, you, you don't deserve that name on you verbally. Because of how you are, this is, this is yucky. My brother-in-law played David. My brother-in-law David. We played a little basketball at our. Uh, it's not very glorious, but we played basketball in college at International Baptist College years ago. And then I didn't play that long. He ended up playing a little longer. And then he ended up. I don't know how he did this. Let's see. I think he even played for another. There was in some other college. I don't know how they did this. Some other Christian college he played with. I don't know if he took like a half credit course and they're like, that's good enough, you're on the basketball team, you know, because he's like six, 
five or something. And so he played, and he said, I mean, I'm not saying it's all like this, but he said, we went to this tournament, we played this school and that school, we went to Colorado. He goes, the, the ones with the worst mouths were some of the so-called Christian colleges. <laughs> He's like, man. Now, conversely, I remember at, uh, now I'm not, again, everybody can blow it. You can have one bad apple. Conversely, um, my brother-in-law, Phil, played for West Coast Baptist College, I think, one year. They weren't even, I don't think they were even in a big conference or something at the time. But I think it was Brother Getch. A couple years ago, I was talking out to lunch with him. And he was saying, because they really try to get those guys on that team to be in good behavior, involved, and on their grades and all that. And they were playing somewhere, and there was this guy behind them, and he was watching them and listening to their speech on the bench. And then the whole whole time, he was watching and listening to these guys talk. And this guy was atheist. And he went up, I don't know if it was Brother Getch or the coach at the time, he says, these guys are the real deal. And I've really admired, I've never seen a team talk like this and act like this on a bench. And I'm like, that's what we need. Good. Yeah, good, you know. And he'll say, you know, we've gotten that over the years. Now, again, you can have a, a lousy group this year. Who knows? But that's how it ought to be. That ought to be normal to honor his name. Again, not for, to, to be better polished and more admired, but to, for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. So dishonesty can. Proverbs 30, verse 9 an attitude of self-sufficiency is, is like taking his name in vain, like, oh, the Lord will provide, but I don't need the Lord. Having these weird, you know, having that contradictory lifestyle. Stealing is taking his name in vain. Proverbs 30, verse 9. And then I never thought about this till I started studying this, but according to Ezekiel, I'm giving you the reference. Here's another way people have taken his name in vain. According to Ezekiel chapter 13, 1 through 9, here's how people can take his name in vain. By miscrediting God. The Lord told me to. And he didn't. That's like lying too. So in Ezekiel 13, the Lord says, you know, woe to the prophets. That prophesy falsely. That prophesy out of their own heart. But they haven't prophesied according to my word. And he says, woe to them that prophesy a vain prophecy. Their prophecy is vain. They're basically, God says, one of those prophets that go out and say, Thus saith the Lord, it's going to all be fine and dandy. And it's not. I'm just, you know, giving you an example. And the Lord says, I never said that. That's vain. You're using my name in vain. And your prophecy is vain. It's futile. There were certain prophets in Jeremiah's day and Ezekiel's day. They didn't like Jeremiah and Ezekiel because Jeremiah and Ezekiel saw the truth clearly and just said it, whether it was tasteful or not. And they're like, you're just a hate monger. And you're discouraging the heart of the people. Thus saith the Lord. It's going to be peace, 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 saith the Lord. And that's what they would, um, you know, I'm giving you the cartoon version there of that. And, um, and that's what they'd say. And the Lord said, woe to them. It's not going to be. It's going to be this, this, and this. And so, uh, um, I'm just showing you examples of sometimes we can miscredit God and maybe say, well, the, the Lord just impressed upon my heart. No, it's just it's you. If you think the Lord impressed upon your heart and you want to tell somebody about it, be sure of that, okay? I mean, that happens. He does impress things on our heart to say something or do something. That happens. But just don't be just throwing his name out there on everything. 
And I don't, and I don't say that I, I don't, I'm not saying I see it a lot in our culture, in our church, I mean. I, I'm not, it happens. But just, just so that you know, as part of our study here, we can use his name in vain by crediting him with something that it's not attached to him. I remember this guy one time, it was funny, I went to California with this guy one time. This was actually a long time ago when I was in college. We, went, we played this strange college. I think it was an Assembly of God college, like out in the middle of nowhere south of Tucson. And that's a whole nother story. But we played them, and as we're driving back, I was in the van with this other guy. <clears throat> and his name, uh, anyways, um, anyways, he, this, this other guy, we were, and he was on the team. He goes, hey, he was from California. <laughs> he goes, hey. He's a student here that he goes, I got to go sing this weekend at a, my home church in California. And he, he did sing good. He had a home church in California. He had a couple of the churches that liked him that he would sing at in Southern California. And they're decent churches. He goes, do you want to come with me? I was like, I don't know. Let me think. It just sounded, you know those impulsive moments? Like, man, that sounds exciting. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll do that, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. We got to be there at you know, next day to sing Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, and so I prayed about it, and it, to, to be honest, it worked out. I, I, my father-in-law at the time was my pastor. I worked things out in my absence, so long story short, we drive all the way up south of Tucson, come up here. He goes to his dorm. I go run home real quick, grab my things, and get back to the school and meet him, and he, he talked. Man, he's a talker. I just, we'll just, I don't really have money. We're going to have to see how the Lord's going to provide he would say stuff like that. All right, okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, well, I'll just, I just thought, well, I'm just going to help him. I'm going to drive and I'll, we'll switch driving and stuff. It'll be cool. Get to meet his family and get to see his church and stuff. And, and so we're just going to have, he, he, we keep saying that. And so I remember this is literally what happened. We're just going to have to see how the Lord's going to provide. He pulls up to this bank of America. We'll see how the Lord's going to provide. Shuts the door, goes up to the ATM, puts his card in, gets some money out. I'm like, <laughs> Why are you saying this stuff? You make it sound like you got no money. You just got some money in there. I thought that was the weirdest thing to say. I don't know if he was trying to elicit something out of my pocket or what, but, but I thought, what do you, you made it sound like you have no money and you need it, but it's right there. Anyways, I thought that was weird. I don't know if you're using the Lord's name in vain, miscrediting God. But here's the one. Okay, so we'll move on. We'll, move, we'll say this and we'll move to our next thing. So... We can, there's ways that we can speak his name in a venerable way, the ways that his name can be used in a vain way, and the biggest one is just futile actual uses of what I'm saying or these euphemisms, right? It, if, it's like if you say the OMG thing, OMG is the biggest euphemism, and the psalmist said, Oh, my God. And it was inspired of God in one of the Psalms. I trust in thee. He was really talking. Oh, it was in admiration. It was in veneration. Oh, my God. But when we hear it today, how often do we hear it in that lofty, sweet way the psalmist says it? We, it it's, it's used wastefully, isn't it? And we, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Am I, am I, am I? And then, you know, it's all the different tones, men, ladies, and teenagers, and, and it's, that's in vain, isn't it? Isn't it? Okay, so there's that, and then the shortened words of 
God or shortened versions of Jesus, it's still given a little, it just doesn't seem like it's helping. Um, how many of us, anybody going to go to a buffet today? Anybody? Uh, Kalia's like, I want to go. <laughs> All right, so we're like, buffets, man, those are expensive. So you go to a buffet, and some of the buffet signs, you know, you go to this buffet, man, you like pick out all you want, all you eat, whatever, and you put it on your plate. And, and then, um, and the sign, I've seen them at signs, says, please don't waste food, right? You ever seen those before? Please don't waste food. And like, that's reasonable. Don't waste food. Because, you know, you pile on the chicken and mashed potatoes and then the, the mystery stuff that you're like, might as well try it. I don't, you know, I didn't buy it. Or I kind of paid for it in the bigger price. And so you try all the stuff and the weird jello and, and uh, the fountain at, uh, what's that chocolate fountain at, uh, what's the place over here? Uh-huh, yeah. I think one of my kids just wanted to go there on their birthday and go, ah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know, you put... You do the chocolate fountain with the Rice Krispie Treat, with the cookie, with your chicken. Just try everything, you know. And, and you have that big pile, huh? Caleb, you ever done that? No? He's like, oh. And uh, Noah wants to do that. And you have this. And then you eat, you pick, 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 pick. Eh, and you come in and get something else. And you're like, what? Look at all that stuff you wasted, man. And you waste the food. And we get, you know, we're like, that's not, that was a waste. And that's the idea here. As the Lord says, don't, don't waste my name. If you take it, like, let's use it. Let's use it. Or just leave it there then. Leave off saying it. Leave off saying it unless you say it and it has some benefit. That's the idea. Reckless, okay, reckless, thoughtless, useless expressions may be a way we take it in vain. Here's another thing related to that. And we got to watch ourselves. And it's, I'm not saying this is equate to blasphemy or something so, you know, like we're vilifying God. But even when we pray, we've said this before, when I pray, when I say God's name to God, right. think about how I'm saying it, right? Think about how I'm saying the Lord. You know, somebody says, Father God. That's good. If you happen to say that 20 times in 30 seconds, you might be saying it in vain. Father God, Father God, and... You know what I mean? Think about that. So let's, let's honor his name. Otherwise, it could be cheapened. You know, the, right now we're having an economy problem or problem in our economy with, you know, we went through the COVID thing and then the government felt like they needed to stuff money in everybody's pockets and, and um, it was weird. So we have all these, you know, the government starts printing off all this money and sending out all these things and then, which they are already doing that stuff. And what does it do to the value of the dollar? Cheapens it, right? A dollar is not worth a dollar, you know. Um, uh, uh, what is a hundred's the new twenty? <laughs> you know, we're like, man, a dollar is just kind of not, you know, not much anymore, because it's just been overused and overused and pass it out. And it's just there's, there's on the bigger economic picture, you know, of people that study this, like, yeah, it's cheapened the, the value of the dollar because of this excess. And so, same thing with the Lord when I'm just, it's just blah, 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 blah. And it's not real thoughtful. It cheapens it in people's ears. He says that all the time. So, I want to say it in a meaningful way. So, honor Him. That's the whole point. I just want to honor the Lord. Be a good testimony for Him. Last point. <clears throat> so, um, 
It can be taken. We have a choice in how it's taken. Number three, we may be culpable. And you see that there. Maybe So look what he says. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Uh, what is that saying? God's saying, look, I'm not going to just like say, oh, you're fine. Oh, you're... No, you're just we're guilty of that. You're just plopping out all these vain words and my name was even in a cuss word. I'm not, I'm not letting that slide. He says he will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. We're culpable, we're blameworthy. In the past, let's look at how was somebody blameworthy. In the past, <laughs> woo! Now, when it elevated to a place of blasphemy, blasphemy was you vilify, you purposely, aggressively speak against God, you ridicule God, you disrespect Him. In Leviticus 24, 11 to 16, there's a man who did that. He just cursed the Lord. He was, his dad was, a, I think, Egyptian. His mom was an Israelite. He got in a fight with another Israelite, and he went blop, 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 blop with the Lord's name. And, and then they told Moses, and Moses was like, okay, what are we going to do about this? And I think Moses prayed, and the Lord showed him, okay, um, Ten Commandments are just freshly given. He needs to be killed. Stoned with stones. Now, I'm not trying to advocate some civil policy. I'm just saying that's how serious it was in Israel, that as far as the blasphemy, at the level of blasphemy, somebody there was a consequence. God didn't hold him guiltless. Presently, how will God maybe not hold me guiltless if I'm in this habit of using His name in vain, attaching it to cuss words or whatever? How will my God not hold... How might God hold me accountable? How might God hold us accountable? The Bible talks about the law of sowing and reaping. Whatsoever be not deceived. God's not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Um, if I keep sowing dishonorable ways and dishonorable ways of using the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if I keep sowing that out there, I, I, I shouldn't be surprised if I reap something back on myself as God trying to correct me. Right? You know, the, the uh, 1 Samuel 2.30, um, God was rebuking Eli, and he basically said, Eli, them that honor me will I honor. But those otherwise would be lightly esteemed. In other words, if I make it a habit in my life or I'm sowing disrespect to his name, I shouldn't be surprised perhaps if I reap disrespect back on mine. How can people always stand there? How can people? Maybe I need to look at my life. Am I being careful with God's name? Second, here's another way. I'll give an account at the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.10, not for the sins, but for futile things done. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done. God knows. Watch this. Today, we all sing. God sees everything we sing, we say, we do. And aren't you glad one day He's going to reward you for that? What we live, the way we live and what we do for the Lord, He sees it, He's watching, and He's going to reward you or reward you less. He's not going to punish you if you're saved. That's all done on the cross. So it's either a reward or less, 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 less reward. That's how it looks for us as Christians. No punishment. And so God sees when we sing His name today, He, sing, he sees if we sing it, sincerely or not. When we spoke His name today, He sees if we did it earnestly, sincerely or not. When we witnessed and, and spoke about Him, He sees if it was sincere or not. And there'll be a reward for that. 
that honors his name. In the future, other people will have to give an account for rejecting the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejecting his name. There will become a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus said every idle word that men speak, they'll give, a, they'll give an account of in Matthew 12. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So how do we take his name? I remember um, my wife, his name is Deborah. The first person I ever knew whose name was Deborah was a um, third grade teacher. So I was going from second grade to third grade. And between second grade and third grade, I was told, dun, 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 you have to learn cursive. <gasps> cursive, yeah. And your teacher's Mrs. Deborah Rayner. Oh, no, <laughs> learn cursive. Now it's pretty cool because it's like, what do you call that? Um, cryptic to some people. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying there. Anyways. Um, so I had to learn cursive, and, I thought, and at first I'm like, I don't know if I like the name Deborah. Deborah, I was like, cursive teacher. Ugh. But it was okay. We did okay throughout that grade, and this dysfunctional lefties somewhat okay. So, but then in 1990, I, August 1990, I met Deborah. And now, I'm, I'm being sincere. I love that name. I love the name Deborah. So it's awesome. And I was telling my boys, I was driving the other day. I was sitting, I'm like, your mom's cute. I was got off the phone with him. Who was I with? Was I with you when I talked about mom's name and I need a grandbaby? Name? One of the boys, maybe it was Grant. I'm driving, I'm like, all right. So we got nine children here. I said, all right, boys. There's a couple of the boys. I said, one of you guys needs to, if you have a girl, you need to name her Deborah. We need a Deborah, another Deborah. Here. And uh, um, first name, middle name, throw them in a bunch of middle names in, in that case. You know, like, I love my wife's name. Because I know her, because I love her, and, I, and because of I, what I know about her. So if you love someone, shouldn't it affect uh, how you use their name? That's the point. <laughs> yeah, I love the Lord. I know the Lord. So how I use that name is like, yeah, that should add value and meaning to it. Let's, look, let's just close by reading this, and we'll be done. Psalm 113, we read it. Let's just read it again, and we'll pray. close in prayer. One, two, and three. Psalm one thirteen. <clears throat> Let's just read them together, okay? Psalm one thirteen, verses one, two, and three. We'll read it all together. Here we go. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same. The Lord's name is to be praised. Amen. Let's pray.